Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning into the show today. My name is Aaron, and yes, that is correct. I am the host of the show. So this is actually my first episode of Find Your Voice. And um, if I'm completely honest, I was a little bit nervous. Yes, I figured I could Google it and work out how to do it, but it was more about really do I want to put my voice out there? Do I want to make myself accountable and really stick to this? But Deep down inside me, it's always been a passion to sort of help people. Now, this is a strictly passion project, and it's literally about just helping people. Because one thing I've realized in my life is that everyone has a story to tell. And only when we find that courage and find our voice in order to tell that story, are we able to have an impact on a wider level. And I suppose since I've been sharing my story recently with other people, and I'm very, very grateful for some really nice comments from people, I thought, hold on a second, there's a lot more to tell. But more importantly, there's some absolutely amazing people out there who I reckon I can get in touch with. And then hopefully it can help you guys as listeners. So um, I've got a whole range of guests on this podcast which I'm really excited to share with you bear with me because I have recorded some prior to this episode and with each podcast episode as you know with anything in life you always get a little bit better so if there are one or two episodes and you're thinking hold on a second he sounds a little bit nervous here (laughs) it's probably because I am because my first one or two probably weren't as natural as I suppose they are now so it's all a learning curve I'm enjoying it. I'm meeting some absolutely fantastic people, some who are already new, some who are brand new and happen to reach out or I happen to reach out to them. So anyway, that's pretty much enough of me for now. I'm going to introduce my first guest. Now, I'm not joking. He was probably the first person I thought of having on this. One of the reasons was this individual had a big impact on my life during probably the two happiest years of my life if we don't count my marriage, because that is obviously the best part of my life. I learned a lot and I just had a great time being around this individual and I spent a lot of time with him. And it wasn't just so much the whole coaching aspect from a physical perspective, but it was more about the the mental lessons that I was getting, um, the mindset lessons. I think that sounds a little bit better. And, um, you know, I grew a lot as a person and we just became really, really, really good friends. And I think it's been like, what, seven, eight years now. And, you know, we're always in touch. He's a fantastic person. He's not just got a great heart. He comes from a great family. His family are fantastic. I know his family. But he's someone who's had his levels of adversity in life. And he's not been dealt the best cards. And I think some of us sit there and we always think the grass is greener on the other side or we have it the worst. But let me assure you, that's not always the case. And Kev's someone who may not have had the greatest cards dealt to him in life, but I assure you, he's certainly playing to the best of his ability. So he's not only a wonderful father and a loving husband, he's also a son. And more importantly, he's one of my very, very best friends in the whole wide world. And I'm very proud to have him on this, especially as my first. And I'd love to get him back on because I know he was dealing with a flu but bless him, he managed to still come. So uh, without further ado, let's get this first episode of Find Your Voice on the way. Okay, so I'm sitting here opposite a very good friend of mine, Kev Dillon, who I've explained a little bit about in the introduction. So I think it's important now, firstly, I just want to say thank you, Kev. 
for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. So I appreciate you being here. Um, but I think it's more important that the listeners get to understand you. So um, one of the things I always like to start the show with is uh, tell us about yourself from the moment you can remember to where you are now in life. Um, I'm 35 years old. I'm uh, married to a beautiful woman called Kate Dillon. I'm a father to um, a beautiful girl called Jasmine. I'm the head coach of a boxing club in the black country called the Lions. Um, my life hasn't always been easy. I tragically lost my eyes in 87 through viral meningitis. Back then, 32 years ago, viral meningitis was a big thing where poor buggers were going in, losing limbs, and I lost my eyesight. My mum had been taking me into the doctors for weeks and they said it was glandular fever of the flu. Till one day I went into a coma and I uh, woke up and I was completely blind. And it comes a little bit come back in my right eye. Um, and it was tough, as you can imagine. But life is tough. And life gives you options. You either carry on or you don't. And I think they are the two options of life. You carry on or you don't. By the grace of God, I had very strong parents, a loving brother and grandparents, and they helped me to do what I could. And that has been my attitude through life. You do what you can at the best ability that you can do. Um, I went to a promise called Church of Ascension, which is in Warleaf, and I had to leave there because I had bad eyes in reception, where I went to Bromley Hills, where me and another young lad, John Franklin, were the first blind kids to go there. So I had to travel out the district to go there. Well, I had some fun memories. Fun memories where I met lifetime friends like Alan Parry and Sean and Quinton Hillocks. Education, I'd say, let me down because I had to have a support teacher. It wasn't fun being a young lad as well as being pointed out that you were different. And I think that's what education can do bad for people. Instead of embracing our differences, sometimes we're forced to stand out. And as a young kid, that's the worst thing you can do because all you want to do is to be normal. Older you get, you think, what is normal? And we go out of our way to not be normal, to be special. But as a child, when all you want to do is fit in, it's excruciating. However, I got through school um, by hook and by crook. <laughs> Um, I started writing poetry because when I was a young lad I um, I found it very hard to express what I was feeling about blindness and about being different so I um, I made two books Accept Me by Kevin Dillon Poet of Inner Vision I went to college um, doing media studies and then I was lost um, through depression and different forms of coping let's say coping self-medication and coping I was lost and went off the rails and my dad said to me at the age of 17 well how about you come and coach mm-hmm. and because boxing was one of the only things I was ever good at because you know, I was blind I, I had natural reactions and I was strong and he got me coaching I passed my level 1 at 18 mm-hmm. level 2 at 19 and um that's been my push through life. 
teaching others to do something that I wasn't able to do or wasn't allowed to do. And I became a coach and I think that's been my one of my purposes in life, to help people so I can talk to these young boys and girls, men and women, about experiences. I can talk to them about real pain because I've felt pain. But life isn't always about pain. Anyone who says life isn't tough hasn't lived enough. But anyone who says life isn't beautiful and rewarding also hasn't lived enough. Yes, yes, it is tough, but by God, it, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, it's rewarding, mm-hmm. but it's how we look at it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And seeing these young people who I've watched grow up into men has been great. My greatest rewards haven't been the ABA champions and the people who've gone to Boxer England. It's being there for the forgotten. Well, they've been forgotten, but maybe I haven't been to them. Instead of throwing them on the scrap heap, I've built them into something that hopefully they feel very proud of because I know I'm very proud of them. Absolutely. Um, well, there's a couple of things there. I mean, I'm, I've known Kev for a long time and we spoke recently about how long we've actually known each other. It's, it's, quite, it's quite surprising. Uh, but there's some stuff there that I mean, I didn't even know. And I suppose some of it is probably like the elephant in the room. So just touching on like your meningitis and stuff, you know, we're very good friends. Um, but I've never really discussed that with yourself um, maybe that's just me not being confident but did you find I mean you touched on it a little bit there about the whole you know being normal but what is normal I suppose in society um, and I know this because obviously I've got foster siblings um, they've got ADHD autism all that sort of stuff so they're considered special I suppose but growing up with your condition did you ever feel sorry for yourself or did you feel different especially coming into the coaching aspect where I mean I've been into quite a few boxing gyms before I really found home here at the Lions um, gym where obviously everyone's able-bodied should we call it in uh, inverted commas um, as a coach with um, sight only through one eye how, how did that make you feel? Feeling sorry for yourself we all do it mm. be it um, because you haven't picked for your football team or and it's okay to feel sorry for yourself, but you shouldn't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I had to learn. I say to a lot of people, in life, you have two options. You carry on forwards or you don't. Mm-hmm. And my only option was going forwards. By hook, by crook, by falling down, by crawling there, by climbing up, by doing any means necessary to go forwards. Mm-hmm. And life is difficult. Oh God, it's difficult to everybody and anybody. It's like uh, someone said to me, fear. Mm-hmm. There's a rational fear and there's an irrational fear. I'm a lad who lives in King's Wimford and I'm frightened of hippopotamuses. Mm-hmm. There's a very rare chance that a hippopotamus yeah. is going to come and get me. <laughs> Absolutely. Whereas a young African living on a riverbank, mm-hmm. that's a rational fear. Mm-hmm. An irrational fear, I'm frightened of spiders in King's Wimford. A money spider isn't going to get me. And as in Australia, it might have a rational fear. My fears aren't of fighting or of embarrassment. Yes, no, I'll take that back. Embarrassment is a big fear. Mm-hmm. My fears aren't through fighting or standing up or telling my story because I've overcome those. My fears are because I'm blind in my left eye, I haven't got depth perception. So like going downstairs or when I go out at night, I'm not sure what's a shadow or a... Mm-hmm. 
is a lamppost or is a step or so that is a rational fear because I'm not sure what can hurt me however it won't deter me from doing so fantastic I think just to touch on that last bit um, I mean you said there's two choices you either move forward or you don't um, and, and I think I always try and say this to people because I don't want people to have something bad happen in their lives for them to really wake up um, and sort of move forward in their lives or take a hold of it I suppose and start writing their own story you've kind of maybe through force initially had to do that because you were left with the cards that you were dealt and you had to sort of move forward with that um, and I say kudos to you because your, your mindset is something that I I've read more books than I, I care to remember and I'm always trying to work on mindset because I believe if you can conquer your mind you can pretty much conquer anything um, and we see that in the boxing gym through the great boxers and everyone and I'm sure you can probably elaborate on that and I think mindset is crucial and one of the reasons I really wanted you on my podcast and you're always going to be my first episode was because your mindset is to me at least um, it's you know it's, it's made of steel it's, it's very it's somebody who could sit there and feel sorry for themselves it's somebody who could always look at the negative side but mate you've been a breath of fresh air and um, I've said this before but the, the two years I spent with you personally when we were training when I think I've seen you more than my missus at the time um, were two of the best years of my life and in that particular time I just want to put this out there to the listeners is when you're really focused on achieving goals and I really really want to be become a great boxer and be, be a great boxer there's a lot of talk behind and it's sometimes it's from your friends your family the closest people to you and sometimes it's not always uplifting talk and I think being around you um, in your presence not just for your coaching skills which are fantastic which helped me develop so much but as a person and as a sort of as a coach and a mentor you were always able to instill that positive influence in me you'd always say the right words at the right time the encouragement and I just I don't know I'm not sure if if there's an answer to this but what how do you do that I suppose because I'm here and I'm trying to do that and I'm obviously educating myself and I'm reading all the books and I'm following all the great minds but you've kind of just I mean I'm not sure do you do you read books like how I read them or do you, is it something instilled from maybe your dad or just being around different people? Because me, I was so bad, I, I'm terrible at reading. Mm -hmm. Terrible at reading. And I have to have a very large font, so I tried audio books. I'm a man who loves music from Tupac to Tracy Chapman to Bob <laughs> Dylan. I can listen to any type of music all day. Mm -hmm. But an audio book I switch off from. So my greatest form of knowledge is by self-experience, experiencing myself. That way I realise if I like it, don't like it, it frightens me or excites me. I also love talking to people, picking their brains about religion and about experience and about what they did. And travel is another beautiful mm -hmm. gift. Don't only live in your district, mm -hmm. travel. And it hasn't got to be to Thailand, it could be to going to Wales or going to wherever it is, but take yourself out of a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So if you're only ever going on autopilot, you're only going to that one place. You've got to be willing to get lost, even if it's only in the moment, because you never know where it's going to take you. And that's the greatest form of education I think life can give you. And that's probably one of the greatest forms of education I've experienced just heard now in the last year because everything you've just said there and I'm sure my listeners because I know a lot of people who are eager to listen to this episode we're all avid readers and we listen to audiobooks you know it's almost become a habit of ours and a lot of the 
the best audiobooks, they all have the same information or the same, I suppose, I suppose success leaves clues. So there's always the same kind of stuff in there. Everything you just said there, and this is why I find you fascinating, is because you know all this, but you haven't read the books. It's just something that you've developed. And this is kind of the premise of this podcast is to find people like yourselves, people who are reachable, people who you could, after this podcast, you can reach out to Kevin, you know, he'll give you the time of the day. You can come see him at the Lions Gym and I'll spend time with you. These are people that we should be around and self-experience and talking to people. I think I think it's overlooked. We're in, a, we're in a society now where everyone's stuck to their mobile phone. I say that as I'm holding it up right now. Um, and, you know, that's that's not the way humanity should be. It should be about experiencing new things and speaking with new people and understanding. So that, that that's a fantastic point, mate. And um, I'm always, there's a very few people I come across in life who had that sort of emotional intelligence that you've just displayed there without having gone through what I'm currently doing, i.e. reading all the books <laughs> that I can possibly do. So uh, kudos, mate. Um, I do want to just move this over a little bit because I'm just keen because because of the person you are and the impact you've had on my life and I know you've had on many other people's lives. I just want to touch on your daily routine. So I'm a very big believer that we are the results of um, the thoughts that we think and our daily habits. So uh, if you could just give the listeners a little bit about the moment Kev Dillon's alarm goes off in the morning to the moment you rest your eyes at night, mate. My alarm is a little thing called Jasmine Dillon. <laughs> so she normally wakes me up. Okay. Then I, we get up, we go downstairs. Um, we have breakfast. We watch some piffle on telly, normally Peppa Pig. You know, I hate bloody Peppa Pig. <laughs> I watch plenty of that myself. And then we go up, we have our wash. Then we come down, then I take her to school. Then I normally come up here to the Lions. Mm-hmm. If, if I have got time um, and I'm not in the class, then I'll go and pick her up. If not, Nanny does, and I'll stay up here working with people and talking to people. Because I'm up here every night, and then I'm at boxing shows. It's very rare that I get to put my little girl to bed, mm. apart from on the weekend. So in the daytime, when we have daddy-daughter time, and that's that's sacred to me. Mm. But when I'm up here, um, you come in and you become a different person. And don't think of me as being this almighty, confident person confidence isn't a coat that you just come and put on it's a lifetime of working at it Mm. it's about people only see the finished result Mm. Mm -hmm. they don't see the progress they don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger Jesus Christ he's a big fella Mm. he wasn't born that way absolutely it's every little dumbbell every little exercise that's from him to Ali to Robert De Niro to Katie Price, don't see the finished result. And that's on a positive scale. That's, that's also seeing that, that drunk or that druggie on the street. You see the finished result instead of thinking, what happened on his journey or her journey to make them here? Mm. Sorry, I went off the uh, topic. No, 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 that's, that's fine, that's fine. Um, I think there's great lessons in what you just said there. Um, I, was just, I was just smiling at daddy time. <laughs> Bless Jasmine. So the next question I'm thinking, you've kind of explained a little bit and we can obviously jump back into it, but I want you to think back in a time, just one particular event, Kev, if you could. And I just want to say for the listeners, Kev has no idea what I'm going to ask him. So he hasn't asked for the questions. He's explained he doesn't like reading. So uh, this is completely straight from his heart, but you've been through a lot of adversity in your life, as many of my listeners have. Um... I want you to think of a time where you've just faced something, a really shit day, or 
a really shit time or something bad's happened. And I want you to, if you could, try and explain to the listeners how you overcome it, um, what kind of practices you take and what lessons you've taken from that. You've touched on it previously, like you've always got the, the mindset of you either go forward or back, but are there any sort of key things that you either tell yourself or you do or actions like you could work out or be around certain people that you do to really try and get you out of that situation of adversity? Never ever be frightened of asking for help. Be it like when I go to a pub or somewhere and I don't know where the toilets are. Mm. And for me, it's embarrassing. Um, there's a lot of people in there and I don't know, they'll, they'll go, it's over there. Mm. And I'm going, which way's over there? So, mm. But you will, you'll find your way. I remember when I used to go nightclub in 18, 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And I remember going somewhere and um, I lost my friends. And it was pitch black, the strobes are going, music, so I've lost all my senses, I can't hear. All I can see is shadows bumping. And I couldn't get out, I couldn't find the toilets. I remember walking over to a wall and following the wall to try and get out. And the bouncers there giving me hassle. The only way I could get out of the club was starting a fight. So I got thrown out because that was the only way that I could see of getting out of that situation. But the way I've dealt with things, I see one of my good friends, Nick Davis, he's a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. And um, through NLP, he's helped me to get through stuff in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a counselling course myself years ago and I didn't like counselling. It wasn't for me. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It wasn't for me. But NLP and hypnosis suited me. Changing patterns in the brain and figuring out what is the trigger for sadness? What is the trigger for being angry? What's the trigger for? And that helped me. Mm. But I, I always say to the lads of the club, you'll pay someone twenty pound or thirty pound for a dietitian, or you'll pay someone for uh, strength and conditioning. But we won't go and pay someone to figure out why we're feeling sad. Mm-hmm. And I think if we haven't got a, a good mind then nothing else will fall into place. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. Um, it's something that I probably only learned last year, my mindset, and I, I kept myself, because in hindsight, I mean, um, <laughs> you haven't got to agree with me here, but when I was boxing with you, I felt I had some good physical capabilities, for example. You know, my, my footwork was okay, um, quite strong, and I was able to lean down quite well. Um, not to blow my own trumpet. But the thing that really let me down was my mindset. Um, you know, on the pads and when we were training, I'd feel as fit as anyone. I was doing everything, I was eating right. But you stick me in that ring, mate, and it was like it was like I was holding 20 kg dumbbells. And I was I was, sometimes I was getting out boxed by people who I was thinking, how? Um, and that's not no disrespect to these individuals, it was just my mindset wasn't right. And it it's only now, and I, I sometimes think I wish I could just turn back time a little bit because the way I feel now and just having that sense of confidence about myself, I'd reckon I'd be able to transform what I did with you and all the lessons you taught me, which I'm very grateful for, in the ring and I've had much, had much better success basically. Um, and I, I suppose you work with that on your boxes as well in terms of the mindset as well. Well, mind's so important and it's the people we have around us. Mm-hmm. You can have someone up here five days a week and they're, they're brilliant gym boxers. Mm-hmm. But then their dad or their uncle or someone puts their nerves onto that 
person, not a kid, a person, and it creates an anchor, mm -hmm. an auditory anchor, and it's um, doubts a funny old bugger. And sometimes you can feel so good in yourself. Mm. And that's not just with boxing, that's on the pull. It's in, um, I like her, well, she's too good looking for you. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to go and get this job. I, I think I'll make a great bricklayer. Well, you can't lift that much. Mm. Oh, you. And this is a very hard thing not to allow to get into your world. Other people's doubts. If you can try your best to stay strong with yourself, you'll have more success than any other bugger. Absolutely. That, that's so powerful. And I think I've only started realising that myself now. And my last six months have changed so much just from believing in myself. And um, not to make this about me, but even this podcast, which is, it's me coming out of my comfort zone. Okay, if you know me, you know, we're very good friends, but I'm outside of the work, outside of the gym, sorry. I'm, I'm an anxious wreck, but I used to be. And um, you just touched on a few things there in terms of like anchors or people saying certain things. And I, and I suppose it creates this thing called limiting beliefs. So I remember somebody once said to me, um, oh, mate, I can't understand your accent. And um, I suppose that's probably why it's taken me 12 months to release a podcast because I was so scared of putting my voice out there and thinking, who really wants to listen to this uh, brummy black country accent? But then I thought, there's people out there that actually do. And then over time, those people resonated with my message. I was becoming more confident in myself and... I realised I had somebody's one opinion basically outweigh the opinion of so many other people. But it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I suppose it depends where that opinion comes from. So if it is, say, for instance, your father or your uncle or somebody you hold in high esteem, it can take a toll on you. So definitely, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very good point in terms of be conscious of the people you're around. And if you do happen to have that kind of person around you, you've got to show it out, you, mate? Yeah. And that's the key. Because even if it is your dad or you, mm. if someone is standing in the way of your goal, are they a person you want around you? Mm. If it's someone who's going to say, you're going to hurt yourself, and they're, they're pointing out, as I said, um, if there's someone who's pointing out the fear to you, mm. the danger, then maybe they've got the best interest. Mm. It's up to you to figure out if the pain of is worth it. But someone who's just putting obstacles in there, well, how about if you fail? How about there is nothing at all wrong with failure? It's just find out another way that you shouldn't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where we've become wrong because um, we, we're like an X Factor Instagram generation. Of, <laughs> and it's, I want to be a singer. Yeah. That doesn't mean you've got to go double, triple platinum. Yeah, yeah. Don't weigh what you want to do by, by the success of it. If it makes you happy, go and sing down your local boozer at your workman's club just because you may never make a living of it. Mm. Who cares? If, it, if you are happy to do it, Absolutely. then Absolutely. that is the reward of your action. I love that. I, that that's kind of where I'm at now as well. Um, I'm just finding happiness in like, the silliest things um, and really finding gratitude and fulfilment and not having to go through shit in life, not needing to lose somebody in my family or you know something bad happening it's you know the world's a beautiful place there's beautiful people out there and it's about just finding your passion so my passion is to always help and inspire people so yeah I might not be the best podcaster in the world but hopefully this message will hit home with a couple of people and they can change their lives you can then go on and inspire and change other people's lives so 
Fantastic point, mate. I'm going to move it over and I'm going to ask you another another question. Um, again, think about it. Um, what is your biggest fear? And you're not allowed to say, I'm cheating here. You're not allowed to say anything in relation to Jasmine or Kate. My biggest fear at 35 is different to how I felt fear at 30 mm-hmm. or at 25 or when I was at school. If you'd asked me that when I was at school, it would have been asking out a girl. Mm-hmm. It would have been reading out in class. It would have been all these things. But as you grow, now at 35 and it's, um, as I say, my simple fears a big thing to me it'd be nothing to you mm-hmm. I say it's like going to the toilet when I'm uh, in, a, in, a, in a pub mm-hmm. an unfamiliar pub or going out at night like when I've got to walk down the road and I say I don't know what to shadow what to step I remember working with uh, Nick Davis changing the subject only slightly yeah. and we did a seminar up here with um, two stone boxes the super heavyweight boxes and we all sat in a circle and he said to everyone, he went, what five things are we all frightened of? And people went, dying, my loved one dying, mm-hmm. getting hurt. Public speaking. Public speaking, <laughs> yeah. and all these things. And then Nick said to me, he said, embarrassment. And we said, what do you mean? He goes, you're all boxers. Who and would rather go into that ring and have the snot knocked out of them for two rounds than to have to do a bit of public speaking or go and ask that girl out and and everyone went everyone put their hands up and went, so you, you'd rather put yourself in physical danger than to do something that you might feel like a plonker and everyone went yeah absolutely and he said if I could take you off now to Brazil and you could fight a lad a super heavyweight and he knocked you about would you care he went no because it's not the physical thing it's when then why? Because I don't want to let down Kev and I don't want my mum to see me. And So it's the fear of making yourself look like a plonker or letting people down. And that, that fear is the funniest bugger of all, isn't it? Where there's nothing physical bad can come from it, but the emotional... Absolutely. It's almost like a fear of rape. You know, it's, <laughs> it's you're crippling. Crippling. It's crippling. And I think... You, You've, you just hit the nail on the head there and I'm, and I'm nodding here um, because you mentioned the physical danger thing and I remember I was sitting in a mastermind and I was letting the emotion that you just touched on there almost consume me as if I was in like the whole world of trouble yet if you ask me the same question would I rather stand in a ring and get beat up by your ABA champion mate I'd do that any day at least I would have a few months ago um, and it's amazing that th- there's there's people out there and I used to be one of these people who would put myself through physical pain just in, rather than instead of looking like a plonker should we say as a Del Boy reference um, just for a few seconds and like you said that can't hurt you unless you let it hurt you unless you let those emotions consume you and I suppose it's it's about understanding when something happens it's not what actually what happens it's the meaning we touch attach to it so if, if for instance you get rejected by a girl if you attach a meaning to that such as I'm ugly I'm not worth it I'm not good enough then obviously you're going to feel like absolute crap and you're going to have some negative impacts but if you just say okay fair enough I had a 50-50 chance there let's go again hopefully the next one's better and I think that's something I'm consciously trying to do much better um, but I know speaking with a lot of people it's 
it, it becomes crippling because then you're you're just hiding hiding in the shadows and watching the world go by and not doing the things that you need to be doing and I really want people to hear what you just said there and you know stop it and play it back because that's really important messages there and also just if you're following my journey um, however small it is see that I'm coming out of my comfort zone as well and I'm I'm trying to do this yes I'm doing it one for myself because it makes me happy but two I'm doing it to let you guys know that if you're shy if you're anxious and you, all those doubts you've had in your head I guarantee you 100% I've had in myself um, but I'm here you know I'm sitting here I'm putting myself out there I put myself out there on social media every day because you know we've got one life and we, tomorrow's not promised as silly as that sounds but it's true one thing I learned mm-hmm. we, we all think we're individuals we all think we are the only person who's ever felt this and yeah. it's a load of nonsense gang mm-hmm. we all want to be loved we all get frightened we all want to have a laugh and anyone who says different is trying to sell you something you're not alone with Absolutely. all this Absolutely. and the more you can talk to people about it easier it becomes I promise you 100% agree mate um, you're not alone um, we are going to come to a fun part of the show now guys um, but just before that um, just want to quickly ask so I know your mindset I know you know how, how motivated you are and especially towards the community here you, you know you're training kids adults women guys you know people of all ages religions backgrounds cultures everything on a day where let's just say for instance you wake up and you're in a bit of a funk so um, anyone who tells you they're super motivated 100% of the time I think they're lying I've yet to find anyone doing that so on that day of the week say for instance when everything's fine you know the day before nothing's gone wrong you haven't had an accident or anything but you just feel like a bit shit a bit sloppy in that day what keeps you going on that day? As I said there's two options you do or you don't Mm. the fear of not doing it um, catapults me into doing it Fantastic Okay, so there you've heard it. That's the buzzer gone off and now we're at the fun part of the show. So um, what I'm going to do now is put Kevin through his paces. I'm going to ask him questions for 60 seconds and it's up to Kev to see how many he can answer. So Kev, you ready? Yes. Okay, buddy, let's get the timer ready. I'm going to go in three, two, one. Okay, the ability to fly or be invisible? Invisible. Money or fame? Fame. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Khan or Brooke? Brooke. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When? Ali or Tyson? Ali. Fury or AJ? AJ. Summer or winter? Summer. Your favourite place in the whole wide world? On the couch with me uh, two girls. <laughs> uh, speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? All languages. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Well, that's a tough one. Uh Cruelty. Skipping or running? Oh, I hate them both. Running. <laughs> the best boxer ever? Uh, Ali or Lennox Lewis. Your favourite song ever? Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. And the final question, would you rather read minds or predict the future? Read minds. Fantastic. Okay, so that was a quick fire round. Just a little bit of light-hearted fun there. So, you really think AJ can beat Fury? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I really do. I'm on the fence there. I'm, I'm more of a Fury fan. Um, but yeah, let's not make this a boxing podcast. We can do that some other day. Okay, so sadly we are coming towards the end of the show now. So we've only got two more things that I really want to try and get from you. 
uh, in this interview. The next one's going to be on reflection. So hindsight's a wonderful thing. And upon reflection, we can always think of ways where we can get to where we are quicker or do things easier or perhaps with less money or stress. But I guess the journey teaches us a lot as well. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So what I want to know is if you could go back in time to one moment where you really struggled and suffered with adversity, um, kind of like I, I suppose when you, when you were 17 and your dad got you to come to this gym, and knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 17-year-old self that would help them on their journey? Don't set up being average. Mm. Normal's overrated. And it'll be okay in the morning, son. Just keep trying. Absolutely. It'll be all right in the morning. Fantastic. Okay, so sadly we are actually at the end of the show now. Um, and I just want to again take this moment just to quickly thank Kev. Because uh, I'm sure you'll agree he's been a fantastic guest. I promised you it would be good. And uh, hopefully I've delivered on that. But the final question I always like to ask my um, guests is, if in 150 years time, we're all dead and science hasn't managed to keep us all alive and there's a book and all the book has is the title which says Kev Dillon and on the back there's a blurb a summary and that explains a little bit about what your life was and who Kev Dillon was what would that blurb say about you? First of all I'd want the book to say Kev Dillon blind drunk a lion's tail (laughs) fantastic and the blurb I think the only thing I ever want to be remembered for is he was a good bloke who helped people when he could Mm. and if I can do that if I can leave that as my legacy a good man who helped when he could I think I've left a good one absolutely and um, your story's still being written now but my experience with you is you're, you're an amazing person I'm proud to have you as a friend I genuinely mean that you've always improved my life you've always been somebody who I've held close um, close in my life I mean it could go months without us talking but it's always like we've just seen each other yesterday when we pick up and I think it's important to surround yourself with people like your Kev Dillons in the world because I believe there's plenty of us out there um, some of us may need to just find our voice and kind of come out of our shells but if you find a Kev Dillon certainly hold on to him now Kev's not too involved in social media but I know there's a Lions Instagram page which I am following and I know there's a Facebook page but if there's a one way that people can contact you, Kev, um, after this show, because I really want people to kind of reach out to you, maybe I'd 100% recommend uh, people of all shapes and sizes and ages to come down to this gym. It's it's a family community. It's run by a family. It was, Like I said, it was the best two years of my life that I can remember being here. Um, I'd certainly recommend it. You're, you're not only fitting well, enjoy it, but you, you look good in the process as well. They'll <laughs> certainly get you through your paces. But if there's one place where people can reach out to you, Kev, what would that one place be? Either, as I say on Instagram, Kevin Lyons Dillon. Okay. Or at the club, which is located in Briley Hill, DY53RA, and it's the Lions Boxing Club. Fantastic. The Lions Boxing Club. What I'm going to also do is put all of the information to contact Kev in the show notes so you can all have access to that. I'm going to obviously share this on my Facebook page, so please do reach out. Please show the boxing club some love. And I know, having been here, um, it's, it always feels at home when I come here. Boxing clubs are hard to run as well. So if there's anyone that you know out there who can perhaps help either with funding or equipment or anything, I'm sure they'll, they'll definitely appreciate it. It'll go to good hands. You, you know, you're keeping kids off the street and doing a good service. So um, thank you to Kev. Can and I as always... Just finish on one note. Absolutely, yeah. My note is... 
take care of yourselves and even more important each other may your god bless you and if you don't believe in god then believe in yourself because someone who doesn't believe in anything will always be lost and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day